Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Mitchell is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker who helps you think big and lead an authentic life. Each week, Mitchell gives leaders the inspiration they need to make a greater impact and share their genius with the world. Now, here's Mitchell Levy. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, and I'm in the midst of doing something really spectacular. In the midst of interviewing 500 humans on their credibility. These are powerful people talking about who they are, what they do, how they relate to the world, who they serve, and it is absolutely worth listening to. You're going to get a really great point of view of who they are. You're going to get ideas and aha moments and how you can present yourself better. I've taken three of those interviews, or six to 10 minutes each, Taking three of those, combine them to be this episode of Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Uh, please enjoy. If you like it, click on the like button and subscribe to our channel. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, and welcome to this special credibility episode of Thought Leader Life, where we're talking to amazing humans from around the planet about who they are, what they do, essentially their credibility. Today's guest is Cornelia Gamlin, who is the founder and president of the GEMS Group. She's a nationally recognized HR and management consultant, speaker, and author. Camelia, welcome. I'm delighted to be here, Mitchell. <laughs> it's, great to, it's great to be interacting with you. Uh, could you tell me, what is your CPOP, your customer point of pain? Well, I work with a lot of HR professionals um, and, and CEOs to help them manage employee problems. And... And that happens. <laughs> that, that, that happens, happens a lot. <laughs> that happens probably more, more than they would like to see. Yeah. Oh, a heck of a lot more yeah. than it's actually yes. reported and, and way too many times. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more. What, what, what does that mean? What do you do? Well, you know, for a lot of times, um, employees kind of go off the rails. Their behavior gets to be less than desirable in the workplace. And that's when I'm, I usually get a phone call that says, hey, can you come in here and help us out? Um, and what that entails is going in, oftentimes interviewing people, you know, get, getting a little bit of background about what, you know, what the issue is and really trying to get to the bottom of, of, of what's going on in the organization, what's going on with a particular person, because it's wasting a heck of a lot of time internally, um, you know, really being very, very disruptive to the organization and, Work isn't getting done. You know, everybody's effective. All, you know, all of the teammates um, are, are really having a hard time with it. So they bring somebody in from the outside who can really look at it objectively. You know, it's, uh, what I always like to say is I kind of go in and I don't know any of you people. So tell me a little bit more, you know, because I have no preconceived notions of what's going on in the organization. I don't. I don't have people that I like or dislike or have particular feelings about. So I can often kind of go in and, and root down and, and find out what's really going on and um, give them some, some constructive criticism about how they, how they might want to go about fixing this problem. Now, on the other side of it is if I can get into an organization sooner before there's a problem, you can be a lot more proactive. And, and, you know, when I'm called in for something like that, that's where I can review some of their processes and practices and make sure that they're aligned with what the organization's mission is and, and the culture of the organization. 
Um, I think a lot of times companies go, well, I'll just go cut and paste these policies from someplace. And they may not make sense for your organization, the size of the company or, or um, the business or the industry that they're in. So, you know, you, you've really got to be careful about crafting mm-hmm. these things in a way that makes sense for, for you as, as a client. Got it. And I, I, I could see that. And, and, and just, uh, this is sort of a yes or no. Uh, I'm kind of curious. So with the employee that has a problem, you either are going to help the employee get better or recommend a management that they get rid of. That's pretty much sums e- it up. Either yeah. or. Yeah. Okay, either or. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause there have been times I've had to say, do yeah. you think if you work with this person, if you bring in a coach, they're going to be amenable to it? And they all kind of look at each other and it's like, no, it, it's let's get an exit strategy going. Got it. I hear. You. I just, I, I needed closure on that. So yes. I appreciate that. So, so can you tell me what gives you the credibility to do what you do? Probably more years working in the human resources field than I can who admit at this point, but now I spent quite a number of years in, in a fortune five hundred company and working at the corporate level so i had had the opportunity to really be an internal consultant. I used to you know the same thing I get called into a business unit that that was having a problem, and they go, "We just need an objective pair of eyes on this." So I took all of that experience and went out on my own and started working with organizations, uh, varying sizes and, and in varying industries, which, which was really kind of fun because it opened my eyes up to, you know, a lot of new things, but also brought home the fact that at the end of the day, people are the same, organizations are the same, you know, you've, you'll, you're always going to have a couple of those problematic issues um, going on, you know, no matter what company you're in, no, ma- no matter what industry you're in. And and how do you go about sharing your credibility? It, like what's your go-to-market strategy? How do people get to see you? You know, one of the things that, that I found to be very, very useful and very interesting um, is, is the ability to use social media. Um, you, you know, became very, very active on LinkedIn after a colleague and and I started writing books about 10 years ago. And that really forced us to say, hey, you know, we've we've got to put ourselves out there more because up until that point, it was pretty much word of mouth, um, you know, in in, in a somewhat local setting. I I was in the Washington, D.C. area at the time, so there was plenty of work to do there. Um, But, but, you know, just expanding, you know, your, your market, um, out further. Uh, and, you know, we started blogging and, you know, we will post our blogs on LinkedIn as well. So, you know, we find that, that that's really a way to get noticed. And uh, it's been amazing, you know, to, to be on this journey and, and, and see this. So I got it. So uh, word of mouth marketing still, mm-hmm. uh, LinkedIn, Mm-hmm. Uh, blogging is it you're blogging on LinkedIn or other platforms where else do you where else we're, do you? We're, we also blog uh, we we write a weekly blog called making people matter and uh, we usually put the link to it on on LinkedIn but it, you can also find it on blogspot too or just you know just google up making people matter and it'll take you right to it that's a great that's a great title and that fits so well with with what you do so if you're hearing this, you're watching this, and you see that you, you want to either, you have an employee issue and you want to figure out what's the best thing to do, uh, keep or discard in, a, in, in the best way possible, or 
if you want to be a little more proactive about it and try to ensure that that doesn't happen, you're going to want to reach out to Cornelia Gamlin. Cornelia, what is the best way for people to reach out to you? You know, I would say that probably the best way is to find me on LinkedIn. Um, that, you know, that, that, that's a good platform. The other thing you can do is go to the website that we have for our first book. Um, and it's bigbookofhr.com. Um, and if you reach out to me there, the message will get to me one way or another. You know, we've got people that monitor that for us. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it'll work that way. Fantastic. Cornelia, thanks for sharing your credibility with us today. You're very welcome. It was my pleasure. And guys, thanks for watching this episode of Thought Leader Like. If you like what you heard, click on the like button, share with your friends, and we'll see you at the next episode. Bye now. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, and welcome to this special credibility episode of Thought Leader Life, where we're talking to amazing humans from around the planet about who they are, what they do, essentially their credibility. And today's guest is Judith Bryles, who is a book publishing and marketing expert with 37 books authored. She has a depth of experience within the publishing and writing fields. She has connections with vendors and associates that will bring your book concept and vision to life. Judith, nice to see you. Nice to be here. <laughs> I'm happy to have you. Hey, so what is your CPOP? What is the customer point of pain? Well, their biggest, their biggest, it's just fear of being rejected. That's, that's where they, no one's going to like their book. No one's going to like them. I have, uh, having been a publisher for forever. (laughs) Yes, that is a huge fear. Tell me a little bit more. What do you do? How do you help? Well, at first, I think that the first step to getting over that is they need to understand the fear of what their reader is, Mitch. And, and really looking at that, if you understand what their fear is, you're the expert and you're going to supply the solution. And that's where you can relax and start doing whatever your thing is. And for our fiction authors or individuals who are fiction writers, is that you're going to you know, provide hours of entertainment. You're going you're gonna to provide escapism. For us nonfiction people, you know, whether it's nutrition, whether it's health related, whether it's a how to, whether it's a gadget type thing, whether it's conflict resolution, you fill in the blank. We're going to show you steps to expedite it and go through it. So once you can realize that number one, not everyone's going to like you or love you or agree with you, check, move on to next. There are thousands, millions who are looking for you. That's who you're writing for and talking to. Hmm. I like it. And, and in essence, with you and your services, you just help shepherd people along along the path. Well, it, it, I do. I, it was very fun. This uh, Just recently, I launched my newest book, number 37. And I had a call early this morning, and I could hear weeping in the background. And she said, I just, you know, stumbled with her speech. I just want you to know that you've given me hope. Mm. Okay. So that's the gift of the writer, of we authors, of what we can do. So, you know, what I do is try to find that core message, which is essential, um, and bring it alive, whether I have to help them write it, gut it, and rewrite it, whether whether I, when I bring the team together to bring it 
that the book alive with the visuals, whether it's illustration, whether it's cover, whether it's the whole design, whether I have to sit down and hold their hand and show them this is marketing 101 for today. This is what you have to do. Some of the old stuff works. A lot of it doesn't. But this is where we are today, and this is how we go forward. So I never quite know what's going to be under my umbrella that I have to do, but I have to be a really good listener and intuitive, literally. I have to pay attention to those five senses, the listening, the hearing, the seeing, sometimes reaching out and touching. Sometimes that has to go on um, and really incorporate that into what I'm hearing them say so I can kick it back and then start putting a game plan together. That's what I do. I love it. Thank you. That was elegant. What gives you the credibility? I know this since we've known each other for so long and yeah. are friends, but what gives you the credibility to do this? Well, number one, I've written 37 books. Uh, only thinking, Mitchell, that I was going to have, you know, I was a one book pony. <laughs> that um, no one told me that books bred books. No one told me that. Um, and and then I've, I've worked personally on over 500 books with clients. Some had to be just gutted and thrown out. I mean, one of my clients will say, I was sitting in Judith office and the next thing I heard was thud. She threw my entire manuscript on the floor, which is what I did. And I said, get your computer out. I'm opening mine. Tell me a story. And I started writing. That's, you know, sometimes that has to be done. So um, that, and I have been rejected, my most successful book, and I, I should say that 18 of my 37 were with New York, that uh, my most successful book was rejected by every major publisher, 28 books, and it was a pioneering book. So I think that what's really important um, for me, going back to that rejection, your very first question is that you, I believe in coaching and that you need to work with someone who believes in you um, and that can install and refuse the hope factor sometimes when it feels really dark. <laughs> it feels really dark. So that's where I come from. The, and then I, I head up an author organization. Um, I do a variety of things, Mitchell, every month. The second Saturday, I'm in Colorado, um, that the second Saturday, authors know that they can show up at my doorstep at 8.30, the coffee's ready, there's a blank flip chart, and they can ask me any questions for three hours, and they will get answers um, to them. So that's going, I do ongoing programs all the time, I have my own podcast that gets a couple of hundred thousand downloads every month, people listen to that, obviously. Um, and I, and I just do a variety of, of going ons. I have to share with you in November, uh, we had a tea where 150 book lovers showed up um, an afternoon at my home to celebrate local authors and 20 of them were being featured that day. And they sold books after books after books selling out for holiday buying. Um, so I love doing that kind of thing. I, I, am, I guess if I was going to give you two words to describe me, I'm, I'm an author advocate. I like that. And where else? So you mentioned a couple of things. Where else do you spread your credibility? What else do you do? I know the, uh, the podcast, uh, sometimes conferences, certainly the, the, the week, I'm sorry, the monthly seminars. What else do you do? Well, I do the, the salons we do. We do regular educational programs. I do something called the extravaganza, 
um, where I have national speakers come in and we do programs for them. Um, and I speak at conferences. Um, I will be, before the, uh, the end of the year, I will be in uh, uh, Palm Springs doing two uh, programs, including market, being how to be a uh, book marketing ninja um, and, and get that out. So I'm, I'm, I'm out there and around. And it's always, of course, that I think what's so important for anyone who wants to wear an expert cap, you don't get to be an expert by reading. I know people say that all you need to do is read 30 books and you're an expert. Bullpucky. You have got to get out there and rub shoulders with the pain the pain of the other. Um, as I mentioned, the rejection, that's a big fear, but you have to get out there to rub shoulders with people to find out who their reader is, who their fan is, what their pain is, because then it's your experience that can come in and soothe it. Kiss it, maybe not make it totally well, but certainly help in the journey of the healing that goes on. So if you are listening to this and you're inspired and you should be, and you're interested in working with a, let's just say book coach, book shepherd, book authority, who is going to help you with your writing in most cases, or maybe write for you, but basically help you be more successful with your both fiction and nonfiction books, you should reach out to Judith. Briles. Judith, how best can people reach out to you? Well, certainly my website, thebookshepherd.com. Um, for author membership group, there's authoru.org. Um, I, I do regular monthly coaching with my clients who are really taking a book th running through. Um, Mitchell, I started oh, earlier this year a my mentor program, which I love, which is really intensive time with me twice a month. Sometimes it's face-to-face, -face, but usually it's like what we're doing on, on Zoom or it's Skype or it's, you know, how it works best for the clients. Um, and, and we work that together. And these people and on the mentor program have basically unlimited access to me. They can, they can call me anytime. I, I say not after six o'clock because I get up at four in the morning. So by six o'clock at night, you know, I'm going, I'm running, I'm running out of mental gas, let's just say. And um, that, and they can have unlimited phone calls, but it, phone calls and emails. But I tell them, nothing can take more than five minutes of my time, because then it's going to go into your regular coaching time on the mentorship program with me. And that has really solved a lot of problems because, mm -hmm. you know, their fear is with the angst they have. Is this right? Could be really as simple as how do I get my ISBN? Okay, that's a no-brainer. Um, but it, things that they can do. And then I, the, my exit for my mental program is I will do the slides for your first presentation. One of my favorite books that really made me an expert is I became a really good speaker. And that's what I would tell all of you out there is you need to learn how to speak. I call it the cash cow two-step and that's taking your expertise and then you verbalize it and you put it out there and people want to hear you. And you take it that way. So that's one of the things I love to show them how to do. It certainly was successful for me. It's how I sold a million copies of my books over the years. All right, Judith. Well, thank you so much for sharing your credibility with us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You guys, thanks for joining us for this show. Uh, please click the like button, share with your friends, and we'll see you at the next episode of Thought Leader Life. Bye now.
Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, and welcome to this special credibility episode of Thought Your Life, where we're talking to amazing people from around the planet on who they are, what they do, in essence, their credibility. And today's guest is Bernadette Bose, who is the founder and CEO of Ball of Fire Consulting. She is focused on creating and accelerating dynamic leaders around the world with powerful and results-oriented consulting and coaching processes and practices. Bernadette, welcome. Thank you. Nice to talk with you, Mitchell. <laughs> Thank you. Same here. Hey, so could you tell me, what is your, your CPOP? What is your customer point of pain? I love that. Uh, it is, uh, I get really excited when I have a highly productive, but a struggling professional uh, that uh, comes to me saying, help. And it's predominantly an HR manager. And they're saying, help, because this person is highly productive, but they're struggling, whether it's with communication, with collaboration, um, teaming, with delegation, and they don't want to lose that person and or they don't want to have to choose to lose that person. Uh, so they want to get them help. I, I got it. I understand it's that in, in any case, you know, in the sales world, it's that highly effective salesperson, but pisses off everyone else, yeah. uh, both inside the company or even inside sales. It's that uh, highly productive individual contributor that's managing a team, but still acting like an individual contributor. Tell right. me a little bit more. What do you do? Well, specifically what I'll do is, uh, like I said, nine out of 10 of my clients uh, are brought to me or I'm brought to them via an HR manager, for instance, or their direct manager who uh, sees that I have a similar background. We'll get into, into that, <laughs> I'm sure, in a minute. But And they're, they come to me saying, Bernadette, this person gets it done and they have great potential, yet they're driving everyone around them crazy and you know they're threatening kind of the uh, teaming and people are wanting to leave. Uh, people aren't willing to work with them. People won't bring them into the fold, so to speak. And we don't want to lose them. However, we need them kind of rehabilitated. Uh, and they, yet, and they see that the investment is worth uh, worth it if this person can go from, you know, the state of being where they are today to a very highly highly productive and so, performing. So I hear you. So that's why you're brought in. Tell me, what are some of the things that you do to help them? So what I'll do is, and I uh, use a process that came out of my own experience. I call it my shift to riches formula. So I really assess where they are and how they perceive themselves. Uh, and we go through a whole series of deep dive questioning. And at times it's uh, comfortable, at times it gets uncomfortable. Uh, but I uh, I should say I start off with a foundation of pure trust, confidentiality, and support. And then I just take them through a series of those questions. Then I say, okay, let's get some information from other people. And we might suggest uh, to their leaders a 360 assessment, for instance. Then we take all that information and we really look at the goals and the objectives, not only they have for themselves, but their leaders have for them. And then we just say, okay, what are the what are the top three you'd like to work on over the next six to 12 months? And we just hatch it away, whether it's weekly, monthly, bi-monthly, bi uh, depending upon really the goals that they've set out for themselves. And we just walk through this shift of riches formula, which means we need to discover something. 
We need to confront it, good, bad, or indifferent. I call them, you know, riches and bitches. Um, we, we get into uh, shedding them so then they can move on to creating and accelerating the riches that they want. Got it. Actually, I like it. That was really helpful. Uh, tell me what, uh, I think you alluded to it, but uh, one of them at least, what gives you the credibility to do what you do? Oh, I've been there, done that. <laughs> I was that highly productive, but tyrant of a, of a leader. And I was on the, the ladder and climbing yet, you know, I just got the door slammed in my face back in 2008 uh, by my mentor of 12 years who, you know, we had gotten to the point where if I wasn't going to change and really be a collaborative, effective servant leader, it wasn't going to uh, work for the company any longer. And so with that realization that I had to confront, uh, I just had to do a lot of digging myself and I just purged and, and pretty much kind of vomited all of my experiences and, and the impact it was having on the people around me, professionally and personally, wrote about it in my book, created my shift to riches formula, and then started getting requests to share how I went from the person I was to the person I am, because people were like, have you gotten a facelift? You are not the same woman. And with that, that tight, you know, angry, you know, uh, uh, persona, and, that, and now you look like you've lost 10 or 15 years, you know, in your face and your, and your spirit. Uh, so I just packaged all that up and decided to, to put it out into the world because I was getting asked about it. Nice. Hey, yeah. so I was going to say, I, I, was, I heard the facelift. I was going to say, well, it's really like the soul lift, but I, I see where you, where you got that. Cause that's good, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, if you, if you completely change who you are and how you, perceive the world and how you perceive others all of a sudden the, the, that shedding the crap is right. going to make you look that much better much Absolutely. cooler and, Absolutely. and so i got a book tell me what else do you do how else do you share that credibility with the world how, how else do people get to get to see you well and in your world you understand too that uh, if you are even going to write a book you want to start kind of sharing it so i started my radio show Shedding the, uh, Shedding the Bitch Radio um, slash podcast. I am a speaker, so I go out on small to large stages uh, and, and really share my personal story, but also share my tips and advice and sometimes tough love. Uh, I, I, through my coaching, through training programs, uh, such as Shedding the Workplace Bully and Igniting the Leader Within, uh, then I'll do my one-on-one -on -one or group coaching. I do consulting because a lot of times, um, especially from an HR perspective, organization development perspective, they really want to embed their own uh, personalized uh, processes for taking someone, you know, that is a high potential but struggling. Uh, so, you know, all, all, I do videos. I have a Shed in the Bitch uh, YouTube channel where I take all my, my uh, episodes of my podcast, we, we videotape them along with audio recording them and share tips and advice uh, and rich tips through that as well. And I, of course, I write and I blog um, and I will do papers for other syndicated uh, uh, online magazines that are out there. I like it. I like it. That was good. So, I'm not going to say if you need to shed the bitch, because that's something for you to say. But I'm going to say, if you're listening to this, 
and you recognize that there's somebody in your organization that is really highly productive, but they happen to be toxic to others, mm -hmm. or there's a number of different scenarios like that you could talk about. Sure. And you want to talk to and interact with somebody who's been there, done that, and has a packaged a formula and approach that can fix that scenario. You're going to want to, want to reach out to Bernadette Bose. Bernadette, what is the best way for people to reach out to you? Oh, well, the best way is on ballofireconsulting.com. And I will say that uh, from some organizations who kind of, kind of really just confront the shedding the bitch type of mantra, that's one thing. But also I package it up as a shift to riches pro set of programs uh, because it, it's not necessarily the terms uh, that, you know, are important. It's more the, the process and the result that we're looking for. So toxicity is a great way of looking at that same uh, problem. So they can reach out to me on ballofireconsulting.com, uh, find out all my information there. Uh, they'll also see, uh, they'll be able to access the book and the radio uh, program so they can download past episodes uh, and they can reach me directly to at Bernadette Bowes at Ballifier uh, Inc. I'm sorry, ballifierinc.com. Perfect. And we'll put we'll put a, a link to the to the site when we when we actually share this uh, in the actual episode itself. And okay. I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your credibility with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been oh, an honor. My pleasure. And and for those watching. If you like what you heard, click the like button, share with your friends, and we'll see you at a future episode of Thought of Your Life. Take care, everyone. Bye now. This is Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy from AHA That. To learn more about Thought of Your Life, go to thoughtleaderlife.com. And to learn more about creating and sharing your AHA moments, go to ahathat.com slash author, where you can also find a link to book a strategy call. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.